and we are live hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the eagle eye podcast episode two of the year uh boy lots and lots and lots to talk about i hope you guys are excited oh oh ladies and um yeah like i said a lot a lot for us to talk about uh Obviously, great result starting off the Klausura campaign. Um, but before I jump into all of that, uh, you know, uh, let's welcome my co-host, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Hey, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> so we're back. We're live. Uh, another podcast for you guys. For those of you who can't tune in live, of course, you guys now know we are officially on SoundCloud and iTunes. How amazing is that? Oh, man, it's just so exciting, you know. Uh, I remember you still telling me that we were under review and everything. And one day I just said, oh, let me check now. And then like, boom, it's just like right there. And I just started flipping out. And my grandparents heard me screaming and everything. You know, they're <laughs> like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And like, and like, they're not, they're not soccer fans or nothing, but like, they just wanted to listen to it just to like, hear me talk about this stuff and everything. So they were kind of excited for me too. And everybody else is excited too, knowing that um, I'm doing something like this. That is awesome, man. You actually were the one who broke the news to me. I, I submitted us for a review, and uh, I didn't think they'd get back to us so quickly, but they did. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it's a great feeling knowing that we now have a, have different ways to kind of spread the word and get more more listeners and, and, you know, grow this community that we know is out there. It's just a matter of fact of getting everyone together, and uh, hopefully we can be that, that, uh, that thing. So, of course, uh, lots to talk about on the podcast today. We have the arrival of both Jeremy Menes and uh, Andres Ibarguen. Uh Today, they they got to Coapa. Uh, we also have to break down what happened in Querétaro. Well, we'll talk about the good, the ugly, and uh, what we thought could possibly be better. Uh, and, of course, we have a tough, tough game going up against Pachuca uh, this Saturday. So, uh, I think without further ado, uh, let's jump right into it. Um, Okay, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Uh, Querétaro versus uh, América. Obviously, it was the first round of play for us, uh, closing off the 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 Clausura first round, and um, I think we were both adamant about going into this and getting a positive result. And at the end of the day, América wins one nil. Um, what what was your initial thoughts going into the game right before before kickoff? I was kind of excited once I seen the lineup, you know, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good strong lineup, you know, it was just, I was just kind of um, upset to see um, uh, Oribe wasn't in the starting 11 until um, you told me that he felt kind of sick and that's why he was taken out, out of it. But I mean, I mean, no, it was, it was a pretty good strong lineup. You know, I felt good going into the game. I was excited, you know, obviously it was the first, first game of the Glasuda, you know, it was opening game and, you know, um, it, it was a good result overall. It was a good result. One, no, uh, win over Querétaro and you know that's just what we needed to start off the season I couldn't agree more to that so obviously we were the one of the last games um we were there with Santos too we were the last game so it was um it was frustrating seeing all these Liga MX matches from Friday up to Sunday and you just want to see your team play and um the lineup came out, and let's let's talk about the lineup. The lineup was um, initially what Miguel Herrera had said on, uh, I believe it was Friday. It was uh, it's, it was going to be a four four two. Um, now that he changed it up uh, right before the matchup started, it kind of seemed a little bit 
of a weird lineup and, and, and I'll go into as to why in a little bit, but let's just go over with who played. It was Marchesin in goal. It was the back four of Paolo Aguilar. It was uh, Bruno Valdez, uh, Emanuel Aguilera and uh, Carlos Vargas. Uh, in the midfield, we had Joe Benny Corona. We had Willian Da Silva uh, on the flanks. It looked like it was going to be uh, Renato Ibarra and uh, Darwin Quintero. And up top, of course, we had the likes of Oribe Peralta and uh, Henry Martin. Um, now, you know, like you said, it was a strong lineup. It was a good lineup, especially due to the fact that we had both Edson Alvarez out and Guido Rodriguez out. So those two were kind of crucial and could have fit into the starting 11 easily. Now, the question is exactly what's going to happen when these players come back and exactly how we're going to incorporate the new, the new signings. But I'll leave that for, for, for a little later. So did this, did the lineup seem a little bit weird to you? Because actually seeing them on the pitch it uh it, it seemed a bit different it it just it, there was no real shape for me yeah you know i i agree yeah um i'm whenever you were talking about the lineups like that i'm looking at uh the lineup right now too i still for scoring you know um periodically throughout the match i check about the average positioning each player has you know i even post that about halftime too and at the end of the game on on the on the Twitter page in case anybody's interested in seeing that. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see because, you know, it, it just seems like uh, Joe Corona and uh, William Da Silva are just right there alone in the midfield. And then you have the likes of, like you said, Nanto Ribara, you got Darwin Quintero, you got Oribe Pelata, and you got Henny Martin, just like, just like right there in the attacking third. And it almost seemed like it was just like a four, two, four, which was kind of weird to me, but I mean, like you, you still have players like working back, backing back, you know, um, playing on the defense too, as well. You know, it, it really, you know, it was kind of iffy at first, you know, when we kind of saw, you know, well, um, we weren't really holding possession that much, just like that, but it's just something that the players got to get used to, but who knows, maybe this is just a one-time game, you know, since we're getting Guido and Edson back, you know, maybe Miguel had to go back to that four four two like we talked about. I mean, it's just kind of up in the air right now to me a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I think uh, you mentioned that America was not holding possession for most of that uh, first half. And I think it had to do because there was a huge, I mean, huge gap in that midfield. It looked like it was only uh, Joe Benny Corona who was actually trying to cover that space. It seemed that William Da Silva actually started floating and trying to cover and help uh, Carlos Vargas out at times. So it looked like he was leaving that that gap too. So it looked like there was no real midfield for America because Darwin um, did not play on 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 the wings, and which is why kind of William Da Silva had to go that way because he had to you know fill in that gap, try to run into those spaces. And I think Joe Benny Corona was just left to to kind of just fend for his own. Which I mean was a bit unfair for the guy because I mean you know uh, you know with uh, with a midfield like the one that Querétaro presented, of course they were they were gonna run circles around him. So there was a huge gap in the midfield, which is why at first America did not hold position. Is why America you know started opted with you know going a little bit long with with the balls or you know trying to use and abuse the speed of both Darwin and and, and Renato and the reason why I say Darwin did not play in on the flanks is because you saw him very very close to Renato Ibarra the whole time it looked like it looked like they were almost kind of clashing with each other because Darwin naturally likes to float off to the right which is where Ibarra would go and it, it was a bit frustrating seeing that there was no real midfield for America because, of course, you know, you play against, uh, you know, the likes of 
Tigres or Monterrey, you know, it, if if you leave such a such you know such space, and they're, they're gonna exploit you. And and uh, you know, granted, Querétaro did what they could, um, but I think at the end of the day, America was able to capitalize on on uh, on their defensive part. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, especially um, uh, like you said, with uh, I think you said William the Silver, you know, helping out uh, Carlos Vargas. You know, which we which we kind of talked about too about halftime. You know, um, Carlos Vargas just seemed kind of lost, but I mean, he'll 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 adjust. You know, it's just it's just um him getting used to that position. You know, him having to be versatile. Um, that's the only that's the only thing that concerned me. You know, with with um going into this game with the lineup. You know, of is he can he play that left back position? You know, and he he really did. Uh, he did out. He did outstanding. You know, he improved throughout the game. You know, because um, at the beginning, you know, he looked kind of lost. He he didn't he didn't really seem like comfortable there. But he ended up proving it, proving it that he can play that position. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think if you talk about uh, three players that stood out in that game, it's definitely going to be one for me. It was Carlos Vargas. Um, seeing him in that left back position, obviously not his natural position. Has played there before. It uh, looks like he's going to be the one in charge now to hold hold down the fort in that section. Um, I think another one, and this is someone that's been on everyone's uh, lips lately, Henry Mar- Henry Martin, um, or Henry Martin, as uh, as many people will say it. Um, he had an absolutely amazing game. I mean, to score the only goal and a golazo at that, and not just you know to score a goal, but if whoever saw this game saw that this kid this kid brought it this kid brought it he was hungry he was running up and down the pitch granted he is a he was a striker you know drifted out to left wing because you know he saw that you know no one really was going to that section but he was running up and down the field there was times where Querétaro had America pinned back and you saw Henry Martin trying to help out in the defense chasing people down to the to our corner flag and getting the ball back, it's it was ridiculous the amount of uh, the amount of effort that this guy put in, and it was absolutely amazing. And um, and I've said it before, the kid looks hungry, and this is the type of players you want in your team. Someone who maybe has not is not qualified as the next biggest thing, but if he is hungry and if he wants it, I think under Miguel Herrera, I think we could see we could see a great player come out of Henry Martin. Yeah, um, um, you named two. Who was your third one, too? Um, you know what? I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to say Renato Ibarra. I mean, he had an absolutely great performance. I mean, you know, he, 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 he just looked like he was his game for, for, for most of the, the time when he got the ball. He was able to, you know, get past one, two defenders, run down the byline. It looked like, you know, Miguel Herrera instructed him, like, this is your, this is your, the game plan for you and go execute it. And he did it to perfection. So I think my top three players for that game is, um, is Carlos Vargas, Henry Martin, and, and Renato Ibarra. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd agree with uh, those two, you know, uh, Carlos Vargas and Henry Martin too, but uh, I would have to probably pick uh, William Da Silva for me. Um, you know, um, you know, judging by his, um, his match rating, you know, it was 6.3, which, you know, what isn't good compared to the rest of the team, you know, every, um, just about everybody got over a seven, uh, 7.0 rating, you know, but what, what I liked about William, you know, it's, um, just his kind of like his movement on the pitch, you know, he was, he was kind of moving everywhere, you know, like you kind of mentioned, he helped Carlos too, out a lot too, whenever Carlos wasn't there. 
And so, you know, it's just it's just that type of effort that I like to see, you know, going forward for everybody. Yeah, I think I even told you when when you told me that you you like what William Silva was doing, and I told you, yeah, he's doing a very good game, but he's doing it very quietly and effectively. And I think um, that is something William Silva brings to the table. I mean, he's not the type of midfielder that's going to be flashy. He's going to give you like a thirty yard pass, but he's gonna get he's gonna get down. He's gonna get dirty. He's gonna do the job. And uh, granted, yeah, he he did he did a he played a very very good game, and um, I think you know it was unfortunate that he got that yellow card, which is one of the reasons why he was you know a candidate to leave the pitch. If not, then we 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 might have seen him for a little bit longer. But um, I think I, I think yeah, he 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 has earned every right for for us to merit him uh, today on the show to you know to congratulate him because Willian da Silva has been a player that. Yeah, a lot of makeup fans have mixed emotions about. I think it's uh it's either you 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 like him or you want him gone, and a lot of people want him gone. I, a, a lot of Americanistas want William da Silva to go. Um, I I was granted uh I I was on that boat uh a couple of times too. Uh, he hasn't been the best performer, but under Miguel Herrera, he looks to be a good player. I mean, we talked about it on the on the pod earlier. Um. That uh, that he was one of the key players for America's uh, good start to the Apertura, and it was after that he got injured in Leon that really the team declined, and you know it just it wasn't the same without him. So I'm happy that the guy's performing well. If he can do so, then he's going to be a great asset to the team because, of course, you know we got a we got a lot of game time to to, to roll around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm all for William the Silver, you know. You know, like you said, like he's effective but but he does it quietly, you know. And he, he can get the job done and you know, I can't think of really um anybody to take his place, you know, um if if he were to leave. He's a great asset to the team and uh if Miguel Herrera uh will continue to use him right, then he he's gonna thrive on the Miguel Herrera. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Um yeah, I, I, I'm not much more to add to that, but, you know, kudos to William and, and to Piojo because, you know, he got it right on, on the day. Um, granted, some of the tactics were a little bit like, well, you know, what are we doing? But at the end of the day, we, uh, you know, we, perf- we, we performed pretty well, and I think it was fair. And I yeah, think the result uh, was pretty fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree to the, to the result being fair. You know, we got the win. We left uh, with three points, you know, like we talked about in a place where, um, you know, we we don't perform. Well. We usually um, would leave with a draw or, or a loss, you know. I mean, so it was, it's a good result overall, you know, uh, considering the fact that these guys beat you twice in preseason and in, in, uh, in last season, too, in the tournament. And so, you know, it's, it's a good result. And it's a positive note to come out, too, knowing that, you know, that that Thetis, Thetis lost once they drew, you know, and that you're already up there in the table early, and and it's good for us to it's it's boost the confidence really, and it's just a, it's a good result overall. No, yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, you know, uh, three points. That's exactly what every team's going for. Uh, like you said, very tough ground. Um, America really doesn't really walk out of that stadium uh, on a happy note, but you know, it it was the case on Sunday. Um, I think now the team just got to roll with it, keep going with it, perform, and uh, just keep going. I think you made a good point. Tigres lost to Puebla. Uh, Monterrey drew. Guadalajara also drew. Um, Cruz Azul also drew. So, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, results that kind of, you know, go into the favor of like, okay, you know, things look things look good for us. I think, um, what, 
I think right now Santos is on top of the table because of the scoreline that they that they were able to beat uh, Lobos Warp with. Um, but yeah, really, yeah, the, they got a they got a goal differential too right now, so they're they're on the top right now. Yeah, so I mean they're pretty high up there too. I mean, so I mean it's uh it's it, it's good for us. Three, three points is always exactly what you want, it's exactly what you need too. So I mean to get the result like that and, you know, you just got to keep rolling with it. And I think that was the important part. So, um, that I just, let's talk about the goal. There's only one goal really. So, I mean, it's not like it's uh, we're going to have to run through a lot, but, um, the goal comes after, I think, I believe, uh, was it Willem that Silva, I think steals the ball. No, 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 excuse me. It was, uh, it was Renato who ran up and who was trying to run at the defense. It was then the defender who it looked like fouled Renato Ibarra, and mm-hmm. then Querétaro tried to get on the break. América wins the ball back. Querétaro's kind of, you know, a little bit uh, out of place because they were trying to counterattack. They lose the ball. Uh, you know, the ball gets played out to Darwin Quintero. Darwin Quintero then charges at the defense. At this point, many Americanists just think, what is he doing? I hope he doesn't mess this up. You see Henry Martin on the left uh, kind of just float away from his defender. You you. you Darwin Quintero picks him out with a perfect ball. And then, of course, Henry Martin, one touch, lets the ball bounce one time and outside the 18-yard box, just rockets it past Thiago Volpi to what I think would will probably be one of the best goals that we see Henry Martin score in an America jersey. So um, initial reactions when you saw that goal in, what, what were your thoughts? Man, I was watching the game. You know, we had just finished eating. And so I, I just gave a big old scream, like, yes. Like, you know, like I was, I was finally <laughs> glad to see us up, you know, you know, yeah. especially with such a, not necessarily a, a poor half, but like, you know, um, like, like we said, like not keeping possession that good, you know, just to see something positive um, come out of the first half from us uh, going into the half. But it was really, it was really good. It was a really good goal. And uh, I was, I was, I was glad to see it, you know, especially coming from Henry Martin, you know, who we you know we've said, you know, look good in that, um, preseason game against the Luca and he is coming over now, you know, is he going to bring that form over probably from that game and um, right on it the whole season, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the kids got talent. We, we know that we know that much. It's just a matter of fact, it's just a matter that he stays healthy and uh, we can keep performing with, uh, with him there. Um, it's uh it was a great goal. Um, I think though, the biggest part is that you saw an end product from Darwin Quintero, uh, and that was pretty much it. That's you. That's all you really saw from the Colombian uh, that that whole ninety minutes. Um, kind of speaks to you what's going on right now with with the Darwin Quintero situation. I know America's trying to offload him. The only real option, I guess, was uh, I think it was Millonarios from Colombia wanted to take him out, but on a loan. So um, America's not looking to loan him at the moment. I think they just you know either they're gonna stick with him or they're gonna you know try to sell him on and. Um, and, and and try to get at least at least some of the money back, which let's you know they paid a, a lot of money for him, and I doubt they're they're gonna get almost half of that back. So, um, it should be interesting to see what happens with Quintero. He's a player that Pio Herrera actually you know has confidence in. Why I I to be honest I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens in um in in training that actually brings uh Quintero to the starting lineup. So. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. Of course, uh, they got about until January 31st. January got 31 days. Uh, this is my birthday month and I don't even know. 
<laughs> yeah, 31 days. Yes, yes. So, uh, America's got till January 31st to offload uh, Daro Quintero if they choose to do so. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and as each day goes by, I'm pretty sure something uh, something new will happen. And uh, hopefully they can try to get some money out of him. So, it's uh, pretty much nothing else from the Colombian um, we did get to see Matias Uribe who came in and, and looked pretty good. I mean, he, he was a little sick. That's why he didn't start the, the match. But, um, overall, I think everyone performed really well. There wasn't really one player that you thought, well, you know, he should have performed better. Or actually, there there is one player who I think was very quiet. And, uh, that was Uribe Peralta. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Um, you know, that's their captain, you know. Uh, I want to hear the commentator scream his name as much as they, as much as they can. You know, I want him to stand out. You know, this this should this should be our guy that that is leading the team. You know, that is um, somehow participating in the goal. You know, and uh, he just just too far quiet in the game. You know, opening game. You know, after you know he pinned that uh, contract extension. Yeah. So Oliver for until twenty twenty. And uh, he almost had his goal. He almost had his goal. Uh, Thiago Wolpe with a very good save. Probably should have done better with his header. Um, but that was pretty much it. You didn't see much from the captain. I mean, he, he ran like he always runs around the pitch. But I think, um, I don't know if this is really going to suit Peralta or not. We'll have to wait to see how Miguel Herrera wants to handle the situation. With Obviously, we know Peralta is going to be in the starting 11 at all times when he's, uh, you know, when he's fit and ready. It's just gonna be interesting to see because at at most of the time he was a lone striker, so um, that obviously doesn't suit him. I think he needs someone up there to kind of you know play off of him, um, and he can play off of that person as well. So we'll have to wait to see exactly what happens. But um, you know, it's it's only one game. We can't really put too much pressure on it and say, well, you know, is Oliver gonna not score or what? Um, I think we just gotta give him time. He's gonna break his duck, and I think when he does so, I think we're uh, we're going to see an Oriol Peralta that uh, is just going to keep scoring goal after goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, one game, you know, but like at the same time, you know, you want to see your captain thrive too, you know, but then again, you also got to think, you know, man, Oriol uh, has pressure about scoring, you know, um, having, having to score for this team, you know, and, you know, he, he never meets those expectations because they're so high for him. But, you know, now with Henny Martin, and, you know, the new signings coming in, you know, I, I don't see why he can't thrive even better and ha- have a better have a better um, tournament than he did the last one, you know, better than six goals. All righty. Yeah, I agree with you. So let's hope for a better performance out of Oribe in the next game. Obviously, we're going to be at home, and uh, that should probably give him a little bit more incentive to, to do better. So, um, but overall, I think, uh, you know, out of two thumbs, what do you, what do you, what do you classify uh, Amnika's performance against Queretaro? Who's whose performance? Uh, no, uh, just the whole the whole team in, in general. Like oh, the know. whole team. Yeah. What okay. do you What do you say? Uh, you know? Two thumbs up, one thumbs up. What's 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 going on? Um, if I can give a if I can give a, a thumb and a half, I'd give probably give it a thumb and a half. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like let's just let's just go like this. Just okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um, there was a couple of chances, you know, where you could have gone to possibly three nil up you know but um you know it's just the first game you know like we said this is the first game you know but it, it's a good result overall you know it's just that you know i i feel like the game should end it two two nil after you said about he was um header but it didn't you know 
But oh, I mean, yeah, I, I give it o- overall a good performance. Alrighty, I will agree with you with that one and a half thumbs. Um, I'm kind of inclining just to the one, one thumb up, but um, I could see why. Um, I think America could do better, and hopefully they will do better. Um, but I think we'll leave it at that. It was a it was a decent performance, a good result, and uh, you know who's gonna complain? Three points in the bag, right? Uh, perfect way to start the clausura. Um, I guess now we'll shift into not the Pachuca game. I think let's talk. Um, let's talk transfer rumors. Let's. Last time we left this podcast, it was I asked you between Luke De Jong and Jeremy Menes if you could only have one of these players, who would it be? And your answer was Jeremy Menes. And it looks like I, I don't know if people will think that we're profits after this. It looks like we only are gonna sign Jeremy Menes. And uh, it looks like uh, talks with De Jong are officially over uh, for the most part. The the club has said they will not let uh, the Dutch striker go during the January transfer window. If he was to leave, he would leave in the summer transfer window. Um, what are your thoughts when you hear when you heard this uh, that uh, Luke De Jong is no longer going to be coming to the club? Well, after I heard that, you know. Um... I kind of like, okay, you know, this is just going to be put on the partnership of uh, Henny Martin and Oliver Pelata partnership. Mm-hmm. And so I said, uh, after seeing the game too, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I could see this working. You know, it, it, it was kind of interesting to see how how it kind of went out to, you know, the formation wise too and everything. But, you know, I was kind of bummed a little bit uh, not being able to assign him, you know, PSU not letting him go right now. But who knows, maybe, maybe talks will pursue again in the summer and it, it was kind of a little bummer too you know i would i'd like to see another foreigner coming into the team possibly and and lead up there with oriba too it'd be kind of interesting to see that i know you said uh the partnership henry martin and oriba Peralta. i know a lot of people are actually craving it after seeing uh such a good result come out of the Queretaro game but it seems that america is still uh in looks of a striker even though after henry martin's performances um and it's funny because I was watching I was watching ESPN Deportes and and they asked the question is was if the Henry Martin situation is working, why would it be that America is still looking for a striker uh, to come in? And I think um, I think they said it well when it said, well, you know, it's if it's working for someone else, then why wouldn't it work for you? We've seen Tigres use this method; it's worked for them. We've seen More uh, Monterrey do it; it's working for them. Uh, you know, to some extent. So now it is, it's that to the point where America says we need that foreign great striker that can score 10 plus goals a season. And I think that they, I think America is pushing for that is because, you, you know, the teams that are surrounding them have done so and, you know, they've gotten success out of it. So I think America's in the market still. It, it's it's clear that they're still looking for a striker. I think there was three players named um that they were that they were looking into it was Dembaba, it was uh, Jackson Martinez, and it was uh, Mitrovic from Newcastle. So uh, two of those players that I mentioned are have played or are playing in the Chinese uh, in the Chinese league, and of course one of them is playing in the Premier League. Um, interesting question. What what are your thoughts when I tell you Dembaba and Jackson Martinez uh, are targets for America? Yeah, um, I never, I've never heard Denver Ball. I've just, I'm just hearing about this now from you. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard the the one from Newcastle. 
um, Mitrovic, right? Yeah, Mitrovic. Yeah, him and Jackson Martinez I heard about. Um, so I don't know. Denver Ball's kind of up there in age yeah, a little bit, in my opinion. And, you know, I think Jackson Jackson Martinez is very pushing his 30s, maybe 31. But I've, I've, I kind of much rather have Jackson Martinez at this point. Um, just, just, just because I think I think he's over a good player, you know. Um, seeing him his time at Porto a little bit too as well, you know. He, I know he did good with Porto too. Whenever he had a sent there, and you know him moving to the Chinese league, you know, it's just you know, it, it's something. It's something we don't know much about the Chinese league. I don't know. I don't really know much about the Chinese league, or um, you know, I've, I I kind of really forgot about this guy until I heard that Medica was linked to him. I was like, oh my gosh, like like I didn't know Jackson Martinez was, was still kicking the ball around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, well, I mean, all you really got to know about the Chinese Super League is they pay enormous amount of cash for uh, players that maybe don't deserve that much money. And the fact that one of their teams knocked us out in the FIFA Club World Cup uh, not that long ago. So, um, Jackson Martinez obviously would be a great addition, not because of his great extent in uh, in European football, but uh, let's face it, he knows the league. And when he was in the Mexican League, he was tearing it up with Juarez. I mean, he was scoring goal after goal after goal with Juarez. Um, but he is getting up there in age 31 years old. I mean, you know, you're going to get someone who is at the, you know, almost at the age of Zori Prata. I mean, it's, you know, thinking long-term situation. Is this really, are you really going to spend so much cash, throw so much cash for this guy only to last you two, two or three seasons? Like, it's it, it doesn't seem. Like the right move, of course, Nebaba would be even a worse move because um, he is older, um, and I think um, I think they 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 interviewed him and he said he has no intentions of coming to Mexico and playing for America. So um, I think you you can rule him out. But um, now I think it's between Mitrovic and in uh, Jackson Martinez. Um, I'm inclined to go with Mitrovic, and I'll tell you why. Uh, obviously, the guy is uh, he's played at Newcastle. Uh, I think before he was playing in um, in Belgium, I could be wrong, but I, I believe he was playing in Belgium. Um, haven't seen the best of him in 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 Newcastle. Uh, he's had a spell, two two spells in the Premier League, and once and one in the Championship. Um, he's I don't know. He 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 has potential. He's he's he was deemed like this great upcoming striker. Obviously, the one thing that has stopped him from becoming this great striker is uh, his temper, his attitude. He's kind of a hothead, um, which is one of the things that I'm kind of like, you know, maybe we shouldn't sign him if he's going to be another hothead. Uh, But he has the talent. He's only 23 years old. So, I mean, you can get him for a pretty good deal. And if he can come, tear up the league and grow, I mean, you have him for an X number amount of years and, and he and he can easily become a legend if uh if he comes here and asserts himself. So I mean I'd be happy with Mitrovic. I'd also be happy with Jackson Martinez, but if you're telling me to lean one way, I think I'd go Mitrovic in, in this aspect. Yeah. Okay. No, no, that's understandable. I just kind of picked uh Jackson Martinez because um I don't really know nothing about Mitrovic. You know, and um Jackson Martinez was the only one that Stood out to me because I know I know the player more a little bit more than I do Mitrovic, and then you know you telling me about Demba Ba just now, and you know, I was like, oh, 
Like, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely picked Joseph. <laughs> Throwing <laughs> names left and right. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, no, uh, no. Go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, I'm, I'm just gonna say, I'm kind of repeat myself. Like, yeah, I mean, I understand like why you go Mitrovic, and you know, it's kind of a understandable reason. You know how young he is. You know, you're you're having him uh longer you know you're having him a long term you know you could possibly make profit off him and you probably will with jackson martinez with jackson martinez if he makes that move it's probably his last big pay uh payday before he retires or you know goes you know to mls or or back to colombia yeah yeah it's uh it, it would be a situation but here's the thing it's i feel like at this point america is just panicking and when america panics they tend to buy and they tend to buy the wrong player. Um, and we've seen it time and time again. And I, you know what? It, it'd be cool to just one day go and make a podcast of every single failed player that has ever come to America because that is a long list. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and name those names at this point, but it, it's just America right now at this point seems to me they are panicking because the, the young deal just broke. It looked like it was a possibility. It looked like it was almost a done deal. And then they kind of just, you know, shatter America's dreams and say, no, he's not leaving during the winter. You can have him in the summer if you want. And at this point, America's rushing. They're, they're panicking. And, you know, when those two things come together, it does not always lead to the best things possible. And, um, I mean... I, we can only hope that they do the right thing, but at this point, America just looks like they're they're rushing into it. They're just trying to get a, a big name, and at this point, they I don't think they care who they want because I mean, if people are throwing the name like Dem Baba out there, I mean, it just goes to show you America's panicking a little bit. They're looking, but are they really looking at the right people? And and that's the worrisome part for me. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I understand. You know, it's just it's panicking and and you know when short amount of time you know they just don't go together and you know i know that from first-hand experience you know panicking and forgetting things whenever i need to leave to go back to college you know <laughs> i had to come back had to come back that following weekend just to come back and get it but yeah. um yeah man like you said the list the list goes on man and and you know maybe maybe we can set aside a, a separate time to do that but um something something's gotta give man it, eventually you know you know, they 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 gotta learn from their mistakes, or they're just gonna repeat the same process and process. Which obviously it looks like it's gonna happen. You know, since they've done it multiple times, and so I mean, it's it's just I don't know. It's if I would, like I said, like I'd rather have Jackson Martinez. You know, you know, like you said, the guy's experienced in the league and stuff like and stuff like that. And you know, I've I've known the player. I know the player more than any other two. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. It, it's just gotta just gotta play it smart, which I hope they do. Which we all hope they do. So I mean, knock on wood that uh that America makes the right moves and they bring in that big name striker. But let me tell you this: Do we need a big name striker in your opinion? Do you think that we are in need of a Jackson Martinez, or can the partnership of Henry Martin and uh, Ori Peralta really flourish? I mean. It, I th- I think it can work, but at the same time, you know, like me and you've talked about, we've, all, we've always talked about like the depth in the squad, you know, and with Champions League floating around too. I mean, how how much of the squad does Piojo possibly rotate? You know, how how many players that are how many players are going to be playing um, on the weekend and then come about and play on that Tuesday or Wednesday, or whatever, whichever day they play? You know, so I mean. 
it's it's kind of it's kind of really hard to say until like we actually see it go into effect you know like okay like we're just gonna stick with with Henny and Oriva and they're gonna play weekend week out oh and y'all also gonna be playing the Champions League too like how fati- how fatigue are they gonna get or what 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 if something happens and Henny Martin goes down with like a muscle strain and he's out for a month yeah you know so I mean like this is really to me there's no really way to say like like oh yeah let's lean on the partnership or like no we need another big shame striker. I mean, it it it, can, it goes it can go either way, you know. But like, there there's risks to it both too as well. Like like I mentioned, you know, does does Henry Oribe or possibly Jeremy Mendes? What if they get hurt? Then we're only leaning on so many players. And then if they're like, well, you know, they're panicking. You know, are they gonna buy somebody reasonable? or Are they gonna screw us over again? Well, let's hope they do not. Um... But it's 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 funny that you you speak about squad depth because it, it morphs perfectly into what I want to talk about next is the fact that if we do bring in another big name player, that is three signings, uh, three big signings that come into Coapa. Uh, what does that mean for the youngsters? For the likes of, for example, Diego Lainez, where does he fit in? I know this is something that the uh, Univision broadcasters were talking about. Um, the, do you see Diego Lainez getting? Uh, minutes with American if they do bring in that last big striker. Well, first of all, you know, before I answer your question, I want to know what's going through Piojo's head right now. Because Piojo was the one that says, I want more Mexican players on the team. Okay, so what I want to know is what Piojo's thinking right now. Like, does, is this guy having a say at all on who America is bringing in? So, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just mind. I'm like, I'm excited for these signings, but I'm mind blown at the same time. I'm just like, I'm like, are you like, are you lying to us? Like, you don't want these Mexican players in your team no more. You just want to bring in some foreigners too. Like, I don't know. Like, this is me kind of ranting a little bit because, like, I'm just kind of upset. You know, here you got, you know, one of the next big things that's going to come through Mexico. And you're just gonna you you give him you give him some chances too, despite him being in the U17 World Cup in the last tournament, you know. And it's, it's just why would you do this to him? I mean, this guy was gonna thrive this season, and for him just to be in the U20s on the first week of the uh, um of the Clausura, I'm just I'm I'm heavily disappointed. I'm I'm absolutely upset if you cannot tell right now i'm absolutely upset that piojo is over here saying okay let's bring these foreigners in and diego you go back to the u20s like <laughs> like I, I i don't know like it just it it, it disappoints me because like here we got this this special kid the special kid that we've talked about time and time again and where is he gonna fit in just where <laughs> Tell me where. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um, that's 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 a good good uh, good point. For those of you who don't who didn't know this, uh, Diego Linus did not see any action for America in the bench because he was uh, he was playing with the U twenties. So um, him, uh, Eduardo Diaz, and, and Richie Marin were both sent to the U twenties. Um, obviously, the biggest name there is Diego Linus, and the question is, what is going to happen with Diego Linus? I think a lot of Americanistas have lost focus in that because they are so excited with these big name signings and who are we going to bring in next it's like well let's let's take a pause here now you said it 
Piojo said he wants a Mexican core base. But the problem is, why are you bringing all these foreigners if you want all these Mexican base? Now, granted, in the draft, he brought two extra Mexicans, Henry Martin and Joe Benny Corona. Now, a lot of people will say Corona does not count as a Mexican as he has played for the United States. But with the way Tijuana registered him uh, when he was younger, he uh, he officially counts as a Mexican, even though he plays for the United States. So the league sees him as a Mexican. So that's uh, that's a plus. Um, but now you see and you're like, well, now, we'll, you know, we're going to get menace. We're going to get about a win. It's like, well, if we're still trying to bring in a big name striker, that's another foreign player. Now that's now add on top of that, you have Renato, Darwin, Marchesin, all these other players. You have more than you can take. And most young we're going to see some of them go out into the tribunas. And it's gonna be a mess. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. The only good thing is, like you said, we have Conca Champions. We have plenty of space to kind of spread these foreign players out. But it's like, well, at the end of the day, who's the one that's actually getting hurt for this? And it's a player like Diego Linus. Um, I you know. I I hope that he can still find his way into this team. I think he can go toe to toe with some of these players if they give him the opportunity. Um, at this point, if you ask me to choose between Linus and Cecilio Dominguez, I'm obviously going to go with Diego Linus. Um, I think he feels the colors. He knows what it is to play for the, for America. And, um, and you haven't really had a player like that, you know, up for, up, up top, because I mean, you have the likes of Edson Alvarez, of course, but you know, someone that can, you know, score your goals and, and be a constant threat. And I think that's what Diego Linus is. And I hope for the sakes of it, if Pio Jorera, knows and can handle this i hope that he can give him the time because he's looked fantastic and i granted he didn't have that much playing time last last tournament and i think uh even when he did some of the playing styles did not suit him as to where he was not getting the ball that much but he's a hungry kid he's someone that i can see coming into this side and actually trying to prove himself so i hope for the most part diego Linus can not only learn from all these great players that are going to be around him, but also can he actually, you know, develop into the starting 11? And I hope for, you know, for everyone's sake that the answer is yes, because like you said, he is not only the future for America, he's also the future for the Mexican national team. And if you have someone that can explode as big as he can, you have to take him in the right direction. And, you know, hopefully pushing him out to the, to the under twenties is not the right thing to do. So, um, you know, we hope for the best for Diego Linus. We hope that he can keep going, and uh, I hope he can. Uh, I hope he can get into the starting eleven. And when he does get the opportunities, to just take them, to take them. I want to see him pick up the ball and just run at defenders. I don't, you know, he can take on two people and maybe lose it after the third one. But if he is running back and charging to try to get that ball, just to show passion, just to show that this shirt means more to him than anyone else. And I think we can we can be safe to say that Diego Linus will find his way into the into the starting eleven soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just I just feel for him, you know, this, this guy this guy's like two years two years younger than me, and so <laughs> like you know, I I wanted to kind of know too what's going through his head, you know, you know, knowing that he he broke through, um, like possibly like almost a year ago, you know, it was it was it was 2017 that he broke through, and, you know. And to him, give him chances too. Last tournament, and you know, 
we didn't see that many because he's obviously training with Mexico for the U-17 World Cup. And, you know, him shining there too, you know. It's like every time I, I'd read something about about their their game, you know, it's it's his name that stood out because his name was almost in every paragraph that I read, it felt like. And so, like, I just want to know, like, what is he going through? What do you think about these signings, you know? It's it just sucks for him, you know. He, like, I'll, I'll keep saying this, saying that you got this, you got this amazing kid, you know. He can do so much for the team, but now it's just looking at he's falling back into the he's falling back more into the roster because he because these big signings are coming in, and it just yeah. sucks. It sucks. Yeah, I don't think we want to see a Diego Linus fall through the cracks. Um, that would be the worst thing to happen. Um, but I mean, you kind of have to also understand that you know that it's it's a brand at the end of the day what america is and they you know and a brand succeeds through their own success which would in this case be titles um championships and you know what makes you feel better spashing the cash on experienced players that can get you there or kind of just throwing all your fate at this 17 year old kid that you don't know what could happen you know, and I get that. I, I, I get that aspect of America's thinking, but I also mm-hmm. want them to think and to know and be smart about this and handle him the right way. Obviously, he has a huge, huge opportunity to learn from the likes of Menes from and to learn how to play the wing like uh, Andres Ibarwen and, you know, to, to move around. And I mean, you know, he's, he has a Peralta who has mentored him now. He's going to have the Frenchman. He's going to have the Colombian. And he's going to be able to grow his game from that. And I think, I think I'm going to be honest, and I, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a quiet season. I think this, this last end going, you know, I think after the World Cup, we can start talking a little bit more about Diego Linus fitting into this roster. But I think for the most part, I think he's going to have a quiet season. Um, it doesn't make me happy to say that, but I think that's going to be the case for him. Um, I just, like I said, every time he gets an opportunity, take it, just take each opportunity. And, and I hope he does for, he does that. So, so, um, it's, it's also going to be a very, very tough mental aspect to his game. Uh, like you said, it'd be interesting to, to know what he's thinking about. I mean, if we had his phone number, it'd be great to have, you know, a little interview with him so we can kind of get his thoughts. But I think they're mainly going to be, well, what are what do I have to do now to get Piojo's attention and and what do I have to do? Because even though he might not be on Piojo's radar, he still has to keep playing uh, and performing uh, in the under twenties. Um, he still has to you know try to better his game. He can't get sloppy. I think I think it's important for youngsters who are in teams like America, like Monterrey, like Tigres, who have all these big names ahead of them. To not get discouraged, but to, you know, use it as, as, as a motivation. You know, you have all these players learn from them and try to outgrow them. You have so much more youth and, and, and drive than they can have. Take it, use it. And I think Diego Linus, if he is smart enough, he will know that. And hopefully he has the right people around him to kind of wrap that mentality around him and say, well, if you're not going to be the first choice, well, it's okay. Remember, you're young enough. You got, uh, you know, you're going to be there longer than them and just learn from them, grow your game. And at the end of the day, you're going to be the better player for it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. Yeah, but he he'll keep playing, you know, despite it being with the U twenties, you know, because he he he's got to grow his great game somehow. Yeah, and, you know, it's just um, 
you know, like we said, like you said, um, we'll talk about later in the year, you know, about him, his playing time, you know, in the upcoming uh, season and everything like that. But, like, what I was kind of thinking, too, is um, it wouldn't be too much of a surprise if we – we I, could, I think by the time the season starts or pretty close to the season starts, he'll be 18. You know, I wouldn't be too surprised, you know, if, um, you know, uh, a European country possibly pushed maybe for a loan move for him. You know, because um, like we've seen the likes of like um, uh, Espiriqueta. You know, um, I know he, I know he was about eighteen, nineteen whenever he went on loan at Villarreal. You know, and you know, I, I guess it didn't work out or whatever. He came back to Tigres, and now he's on. Well, I think it was San Luis. I think I'm not too for sure where he's at right now. Um, but I mean, like you look at um, Rudio Antuna. And uh, Omar Govea, you know, you know, yeah. these guys, these guys never, never set foot in the first team. And, you know, just for them to make um, the move to Europe, you know, so early in their career, you know, it's, it's a great sign. It's, and so I wouldn't be too surprised, you know, maybe Diego goes out on loan somewhere, but if not, you know, his, I would like to see his chances increase as he grows and um, goes forward with his career. Yeah, could you imagine that Omar Govea, America's uh, one of America's biggest talent? Imagine having him on the pitch. Oh, that'd be actually pretty cool. Unfortunately, like you know, he slips to the cracks. Fortunately for him, he's able to pick up his game and go go to Porto. Um, now over there at in Belgium, doing wonderful things. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can hope for the best of the Alliance. And like I said, it's not gonna be the first time we uh, not gonna be the last time we talk about him. Uh, hopefully, next time we do, it's uh, it's uh, it's for better terms than than what we're actually saying right now. But you know, um, I think we'll leave it there. I think the Alliance, uh, you know, uh, we wish him the best of luck. Hopefully, he can get into the starting uh, starting eleven. Um, if not, just the bench. I mean, come off the bench and you know, take every opportunity you get. So, I think. Um, I think it's going to be a little rough for him, but I mean, at the same time, um, he's going to have these great players to learn from. So uh, hopefully he can take the turn advantage and hopefully he can, uh, he can grow from that. So um, pretty much that covers the signings. Uh, Jeremy Menez uh, just arrived, I think about an hour or two ago to Mexico city. Obviously Andres Ibarwen got there earlier in the day. He was able to watch and uh, see how everyone trains. Um, I know you said you're excited about these. Everyone is excited about these players. Um, it looks like it looks like they will not be ready until probably the tercera jornada, which means they won't see any playing time until uh, the Clásico Capitolino. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, still got to go through physical, you know, still got to train, see where the finishes and everything. You know, it'd be interesting to see if um, – both of them will end up on the bench or if one starts on the one on the bench, you know, it'd be kind of interesting how we go ahead and places them going into that game, which is, which is, it's still kind of, a, it's still kind of far off, you know, uh, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, you know, take it game by game, you know, yeah. cause um, at, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's the team finishing and making into the gear, you know, as we said, set the expectations for them to, you know, um, I believe we said about top five, top four. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. So so game by game, you know, whenever the time gets there, you know, we get it get there, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that too. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. So um, 
we can both agree we're excited it's uh it should be a gr- uh, great additions hopefully we can get one last big name but if not i think we're both happy with uh with the signings i think we're both happy with the team and um we could see ourselves challenging uh the likes of theaters and monterrey and you mentioned it we're gonna take things game by game uh and talking about game by game america's next game is gonna be against pachuca so the second jornada starts for us on saturday uh game actually got changed so officially it was gonna be at uh, at seven o'clock mexico i mean excuse me nine o'clock uh mexico city time which is your time central time um they have moved it to five o'clock central time which means that the game is now going to be a little bit earlier um to be honest, I didn't read into into why they moved the game, um, and I just know that they did. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter. I, I I think America played better when they played at three o'clock, but that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, so now we have Pachuca. Uh, how about we uh, we sit down, let's preview this game, and let's uh, let's talk. What can we expect from America at home against Pachuca? What are your what are your initial thoughts going into this game? Well, you know, I kind of watched the Pachuca Pumas game a little bit whenever uh, they played. Um, I didn't know I was getting it again on TV because, you know, I, I want to get Univision. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, seeing them go 2 0 up Pachuca and then just to lose that over silly mistakes, you know, mistakes that shouldn't have been made on this team, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of excites me, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's just we got we got we can't we can't take these guys easily. We can't we can't take no team actually easy, you know. And so, you know, this this game can go either way in my opinion. You know, we we can possibly see a win, we could possibly see a draw, we could possibly see a loss, you know. But we want the win, you know. And you know, seeing Henny Martins score that goal, you know, hopefully get some boost, you know. And the team like, hey, we can score goals, you know. Ended our our goal drought, you know. It's just. Finishing more, finishing our chances more. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, um, we got to see that Pachuca and Pumas game, and we actually got a preview of both of our upcoming rivals. So uh, that was nice to see them go at it. Um, but like you said, Pachuca looked good until their mistakes came, and it's going to be interesting how they can overcome those mistakes when they come to the Azteca. And whether or not they'll be confident, or will they, or will those mistakes be playing in the back of their mind? Um, obviously, um, America is coming in as favorites, um, but that doesn't guarantee you nothing. Um, whenever America plays against Pachuca, I always, always, always have this nervy feeling because Pachuca is one of those teams that, for the love of God, we have always, always had a difficult time beating them. At times, I mean. From the time we lost the twenty uh, the two thousand and seven final to them to when we were trying to get into the playoffs with La Volpe, we couldn't even win against them. So it's it's difficult. It's a very mixed emotions when we do play against Pachuca because we don't sometimes have the best of results against them. But um, I'm hoping that Piojo gets all his pieces right once again, and we can play against them just the way that, you know, Pumas played against them and and kind of just capitalized on their defensive mistakes. They're not the most toughest Pachuca that's ever played. And I think we can use that to our advantage and maybe hopefully, you know, get a pretty solid victory. 
it's not gonna be easy, of course, because Pachuca never makes it easy for America. But um, I'm hoping for a pretty decent result. One thing I kind of want to mention that we kind of didn't mention uh, whenever we were recapping uh, Sunday's game is that um, we we kind of looked pretty dangerous on counterattacks. You know, whenever Kethro would uh, get the ball away, you know, we look we look pretty good on counterattacks. You know, so uh, if Pachuca happens to make mistakes again, you know, it, it, it could be easy goal. You know, on those counterattacks, you know, us looking good, you know, whether depending on how we catch them, you know, like like I said, you know, we look good on the counterattacks. I don't see why we can't score about two goals this game, three goals this game, possibly. Yeah, I mean, this game could paint easily for a goal central game in, in respects to that. But it's just I'm worried that Pachuca is not going to go and kind of go for the game. Uh, granted, they were at home. So, you know, they kind of had more of a liberty to go find the game. Um we're at home this time. Now we have the pressure to go and attack them. Um, we'll have to wait to see how they defend, how what their lineup is going to be like, how they're going to, you know, you know, their tactics and everything. But I think for the most part, I think we're going to see a very conservative Pachuca, a Pachuca that is going to try to hold the ball as much as possible. And when America does get it, they are going to sit back and try to defend all spaces. So it's going to be interesting and it's going to be very important to have a Renato Ibarra or whoever plays on the other wing. Uh, if we do end up playing a four, four, two, a someone who is very versatile and someone who can break through those, t- those types of defenses. So we can have the likes of Henry Martin or Peralta in the box ready to attack. And I think if, uh, if we can break through that and we can get the first goal, we obviously push Pachuca to try to go after the game which means then of course we can do counterattack central and just kind of run them over whenever we do get the opportunity so i think the most important part is going to have to be to break that pachuca defense because they i my belief is that they are going to go in there and they're going to try to just sit back a little bit hold off on really attacking america and kind of just be a little conservative um obviously a point is a great result for pachuca and America is going to be looking for all three. So I think it's, it's it should be a very fun game to watch, especially the, for those of those people who enjoy to watch for the tactical aspect of everything. Um, but, uh, you know, that the regular fan, too, will, will get a good enjoyment because I think there's going to be a lot of action going on in the pitch as well. Yeah, no, no, I can agree. You know, it's going to be kind of a conservative game for Pachuca. So we're just, we're just going to have to bake through no matter what, you know, but... The, the counterattacks is what's going to be key, in my opinion, if, if Pachuca were to say, make those same mistakes again. You know, one player that um, we have to point out that we kind of have to watch for probably would be Honda. You know, Honda had a pretty good game uh, against Pumas, you know. So um, if we can lock down Honda, you know, I I, don't, I think we'll be okay. You know, no nobody else really really stood out to me. Um, I probably missed it because I didn't realize that the game was on until after about the 35th minute when they were already 2-0 up. And that's whenever I kind of saw them already starting to break down and everything like that. But, I mean, other than that, Honda sticks out to me. You know, Goot didn't have that much of a game. So, I mean, if we can lock down Honda, I think we'll be we'll be pretty solid, you know, and just having to break through that defense, defense, you know, with whoever's on the wings, you know, giving Noriba and Henry Martin a chance to go up for, for a header or whether it be on the counterattacks. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we can, we can actually get that going. So, um, just quick thought, what do you think your starting 11 is going to be? I think kind of hard to to really say right now because um you know you're gonna get Edson and Guido back you know uh, how do you incorporate Edson and Guido in this so you know obviously watch the scene in goal um Barry back on the right back um 
I would I would give Aguilera another shot at center back. You know, okay. it's yeah, I'd give Aguilera another shot. You know, I I this it's just kinda hard now to pick between if you do you wanna see Edson or do you wanna see Bruno Valdez again? You know, that's just where I'm kinda stuck on the fence right now. Um obviously I'd 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 like to have see Carlos Vargas again at left back. You know. Oribe, um, uh, I like to see Oribe Guido midfield in the in in the defensive mids. Um, probably Renato Ivara again. I'd rather have Darwin coming off the bench in case anything happens. Um, maybe William da Silva again on the left, and then obviously uh, Henry Martin and uh, Oribe Pelata up front. Top. So yeah, who top. were your your defensive mids? Um, Oribe, um, Oribe, no, I don't oh, Oribe oh. and uh, Guido, yeah, yeah, Oribe okay. and Guido, yeah, okay, so that's you know, that's and I'm think pretty much close to what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, Marchengo, Paul, um, I'm granted uh, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's gonna be Marche, Paul, Bruno, Aguilera, and Vargas, and then we're gonna see in the defensive midfield Guido and Edson. And then we're going to see the likes of Renato Ibarra and Mateos Uribe. Um, I think Mateos Uribe is going to be playing out on the wing. Um, up top, obviously, Henry Martin and uh, and Oribe Peralta. Now, funny, let's see who's going to be on the bench. Um, I'm, I know this is a long shot, but I think maybe one of our two stellar signings is going to be on that bench. Already for this game? Yep, yep. I think they won't see any action, but they will be on the bench. Okay, yeah. I could, I could possibly see that, yeah. yeah I mean, and the only thing why is because we even talk about this, which is kind of weird, but when we're talking about transfers, but Silva Romero is almost a done deal for River Plate, and it looks mm-hmm. like he's going to be leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was about 5.5 million, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's somewhere around, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, but... Um, it's possible that he goes. Maybe he'll be gone by before the game. Yeah, I mean, which means you know, it, it would leave a, an extra space, which I'm pretty sure one of those two players would would fill in that space. Um, or Diego Linus. Or Diego Linus. That'd be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. It would be nice to see a Diego Linus come in off the bench. Um, but I think, yeah, that's a pretty solid lineup. I think whether yours or mine goes up, I think it's uh, it's gonna be pretty good. I think it is gonna be a 4 4 2. Um, I think me and you both can agree on that. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, it's just let's get the result and let's let's push for it and hopefully have a good game. Yeah, 4 4 2, dude. I mean, I'd be kind of I'd be surprised if it's a 5 3 2. It'd be kind of weird to see, although, do not, I, I don't, do not see. count that out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily count it out, but I, I'd be kind of surprised to see it. And I, and I'll tell you why is because Edson's back, which means that Edson can easily fill into that uh, third center back role, and means Guido is the only center defensive mid, while the two center mids, quote unquote, would be uh, Renato Ibarra and Willian da Silva, which plays more to Willian da Silva's role. So don't be surprised if you see that, because I can guarantee you. It's a very high possibility. Yeah. Then I guess I guess Carlos Vargas will play that left wing back. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he likes going up, so I mean, he. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he pushed up. He pushed up a p- pretty good amount of times in, in the Kudetsu game. 
game, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it could easily be a five three two people. Um, do not count that out. Uh, if it is, um, let's just hope we can still be very offensive. Um, but like I said, uh, hopefully it's a four four two. I think that's more of a balanced role. I think that's what suits most of the players in that in that squad. Um, and let's just hope for an Ori Peralta goal. Yeah, we want to see something from him, our captain. Our captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Let's hope for a good goal, uh, a good match. And uh, I don't care if the goal is scrappy. Um, predictions. What is your prediction for the game on Saturday? Uh, I'll go 2-0. Win. Zero? Medical win. 2-0. All right. I'm going bold, and I'm going to say it is going to be a 4-1. America wins. I know a lot of people think this guy's crazy, but I don't know. Something's telling me. Something tells me there's going to be goals in the Azteca. And uh, I just hope for the most part it's all America's goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, depending on the counter, you know, like we said, with Pachuca making the mistakes, I'm pretty sure I, I can kind of see a four-goal game for America to, uh, Saturday. You know what? That goes all against what I was saying earlier with Pachuca coming in, being conservative, not being easy to break down. But you know what? I'm still sticking with it. It's 4-1. We're going to see it happen. And uh, we're going to be back next Tuesday. We're going to be celebrating uh, uh, two goals from Maria Peralta. Yeah, two goals. Get that brace. Get that brace. That'd be absolutely amazing. So that wraps up the preview for the Pachuca game. I hope you guys are excited. I know I am. Uh, The league's back. Soccer's back for us. Um, it should be one and uh, a crazy, amazing time, hopefully for us Americanistas. Uh, and the sooner we can get those players on the pitch, the the star stellar signings, and the better it is for us. So, um, a lot of stuff going on, and and, and we'll keep you guys as updated as possible. Make sure you guys follow our Twitter handle, uh, whether it is mine or Dylan's. I, I've left those in the description down below. And also, follow us on our Eagle Eye Podcast uh, Twitter page. Uh, that's where we keep most of the news going on. We let you guys know updates about the podcast, uh, anything that is in regards to uh, the Aguilas and what their movements are or anything. And, uh, yeah, guess what? We also live tweet some of the matches. Uh, we're going to try to do that as much as possible. Uh, I know I had first half in the Querétaro game. You had the second one, the second half. So, uh, you know, you guys get to get a feel of, you know, uh, how it is that we're going to manage these things. But make sure you guys follow because there is a lot of stuff happening. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys do follow because we keep you guys updated with all the latest podcasts that comes out on SoundCloud and iTunes. And, uh, yeah, just make sure you guys don't miss out on that. So go down, follow us, and, uh, you know, help us grow this bigger community. That is uh, the Aguilas English uh, community. So, um, is there anything more you want to add, Dylan? Um, America-wise, no. But other than my rant, I told you about before we started. Just, just that. I mean, I don't. Uh, America-wise, no. I mean, I don't want to add nothing else besides my rant. Okay. Alrighty. So, um, I'm gonna leave. Uh, I'll leave the the floor to you, Mr. Dylan. Um, I know you got something that you want to address to the public. Uh, as you guys know, we do cover uh, not only just American news, but also L3 news. And of course, uh, the world's been shaken by uh, by this uh, this latest uh, this latest news that's come out. But I'll, I'll I'll let Dylan explain everything that. So uh, take it away. The floor is yours. All right, guys. So Jonathan Gonzalez, the 18 year old midfielder that plays for Monterrey. 
has recently came out saying that he's switching sides. He's going to play for Mexico, El Tri, who we cover. And obviously, you can tell my flag over here. And not play for the United States, as he's been playing with the United States since he was youth. Well, you know, I'm pretty, pretty mad and kind of upset with everybody on Twitter who goes about and decides to diss Jonathan Gonzalez. You know, because I've seen plenty of of fans who support the United States and say, oh, you know, we've done so much for you. You were born here and going on, you know, being a little racist, you know, it makes me mad. It frustrates me, dude. It, it just, it's just out of line because first off, we had Jesse Gonzalez bagged up. You know, this guy was all set. Oh, I'm going to play for Mexico. I don't want nothing to do with the United States. And then you start hearing reports around the Gold Cup time. Oh, Jesse Gonzalez is going to make his one-time foul switch, you know. And, you know, you know, I was kind of hurt, you know, as a Mexico fan. But at the same time, you know, I support Jesse, you know, because I'm also an FC Dallas fan because, you know, I'm, I'm from Texas. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and Dallas is, is the closest city to me, and so I support Dallas. And so, you know, I, I was hurt at the same time glad for him. You know, there, there were kind of um, a few Mexico fans too as well were upset about that. But they were, they were more saying we got to push to have Jonathan Gonzalez now. They weren't, dis- they weren't dissing Jesse, nothing, you know. They were upset about it, you know. Like I said, I was upset about it too. But nobody was dissing Jesse about it. And so now we see all these U- United States fans coming to Gonzalez and say, oh, how could you do this to us? You know, we, we you were born in the States. You know, you're an American. You're not Mexican, stuff like that. And, you know, this guy decides, you know, he, he I think he's, I, he's he from California, but I can't remember what city. I thought I remembered the city, but I don't. And so now, you know, this guy growing up into the youth system in the United States, you know, just, you can say the same about Jesse. Jesse was with... The Mexico youth teams all pretty much all his whole life until it came down to the senior team. You know, that's whenever he decided I'm gonna play for the United States, you know. I wanted to be the American. You know, that's fine. You know, you know, obviously, you know, we we're gonna have problems here pretty soon, possibly, you know, in the goalkeeper position, you know, with um Jesus Corona being possibly, you know, if he decides to retire from the national team, at least you know he's about thirty seven, thirty eight. And then, you know, we still got Ochoa. Ochoa is still pretty young for goalkeeper. You know, pretty soon we're going to have the second spot and the third spot open. I don't know. I would have liked to see Jesse there. But, you know, we lost him. And so now, you know, I see these tweets. And I got some tweets pulled up that I want to read to y'all. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, that the United States Federation reached out to Jonathan Gonzalez multiple times over the last month. Um, and I called him up for the January camp even though there was no change of him being released. And so the United States men's team never heard back from him. You know, we've seen Nico Cantor, you know, he does uh, he does um, the Liga Mekis matches in English on Facebook yeah. Live. Yeah, and he said, Jonathan Gonzalez choosing to play for Mexico, um, play for L3 is solely U.S. soccer's fault and a consequence of Federation's political limbo and USMT's uncertain future. It's a huge blow for the U.S. and a solid pickup for Mexico, stealing a key player from their rival and picking up a prov- promising center defensive mid. And, you know, and there's a couple more. This one stood out to me a lot, too. Jonathan Gonzalez is likely left for one of three reasons. He is an opportunistic in the World Cup year. He has always wanted to play for Mexico and use the U.S. Um, youth teams to help him along until the call came. Or he's a polluted child who is upset over not being called up by useless friendly. Um, 
how I don't understand how the Portugal game could be a um a, a useless friendly. There was your chance to capture this guy and say, okay, he, you know he's going to be in uh, an American. He's going to play for the United States. That that was not a useless friendly for for the fans that say that the Portugal game was useless. It was not. That was your chance to capture this guy and keep him to play for the United States. But you know what? Nobody wanted to call him up. He okay, even came okay, out. Okay. He, Wait, I'm gonna, because, I'm gonna stop you there. I'm gonna stop you there because um, they did want to call him up. the The only reason why he did not get called up was because Monterrey did not allow them. They talked to the federation. No, no they, he, he he later came back out and said that he never got a call. He never got really? a call. Yeah, he never got a call. He came back and said that he never got a call for that camp. And I mean, even even if he did, you know, Monterrey probably would have said, you know, the, um, to that he they probably wouldn't let him go, you know. But 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 like I said, you know. They they didn't call him up. They're they're blaming it on a useless game, and on the federation. You know, with all this mumbo jumbo that's going on, saying with um, presidential candidates trying to trying to be elected and stuff like that. But but for what? I mean, that's that's their fault. You know, what what just we just kind of like what makes me rant so a little bit too is how much how much disrespect he's getting, how much um, he's getting like hated on right now by by United States fans. I mean, like, you got Jesse, you know, we'll take Jonathan Gonzalez. I mean, I think it's a pretty fair fair deal in the trade a little bit. Not necessarily a trade, but, like, hey, I mean, <laughs> you take you take, you take, take one that was with our youth teams, and we'll take one that's from your youth teams. I mean, come on now. I mean, like, I don't know. And then, like, him, him just him just kind of um, not responding to them, too, as well. You know, they've, they've cheated him right and everything, and then just these past few months, you know, not getting the call for the Portugal game and everything. So, I mean, that's the United States' fault. And so it looks like he's going to get a call up whenever it comes to the Bosnia game in San Antonio here, which excites me, you know, because I would I would give Jonathan Gonzalez about a 20% chance of possibly making this World Cup, making the rest of this World Cup. You know, it's not a lot, but, hey, you know, this guy seeing like okay, this this is this is true. Like the Mexico team is what is what's going in the right direction. Right now, you know, I'm kind of confused with all this. You know, United States soccer news. You know, with all these presidential candidates trying to trying to campaign themselves to be the president of U.S. soccer stuff like that. You know, United States obviously not in the World Cup. You know, losing their chance on calling. Um, Jonathan was all the stuff for that Portugal game, you know. So I mean, like, it's a mess right now. You know, who would want to be in that mess right now? And so you know, it's easier, you know, because th- I mean, to me, this this guy's this guy is Mexican American. You know, his parents are Mexican; they're from Mexico, but he was born in the states. And you know, to me, you know, whatever this guy feels is right for him, then he knows in his heart because that's where he wants to do. That's where he wants to play. You know, but at the end of the day, too, it can also just be a business decision, you know, because that's that's all it is nowadays is business decisions, too, when the sports world. Yeah, I'll add on a little bit more to what what's going on with your rant. Um, I have seen a lot of backlash towards the guy. Um, and like you said, poor guy, he did not choose to be in this position. Uh, he kind of was forced to at the end of the day. Um, his it looked like his his objective was to go to the United States. Whatever reason, I don't know 
we for for time now it seems that uh the u.s soccer has not gotten themselves a hold of i mean for example jesse gonzalez it took them forever to cap him and when that gold cup situation came out that jesse gonzalez was going to be called up guess what he didn't get called up he was never capped it took several months after that shenanigan for him to get capped um granted like you said uh, Jesse Gonzalez was one of the, you know, bright future goalkeepers. He was he's he was one of my favorites coming into the, into the you know new goalkeeper era whenever that time may be coming, um, and he leaves and and he goes his way. And granted, that's fine. You know, each player has the right to to do what he wants to do, um, and I think uh you know people understood that and um i think now with this whole jesse gonzalez situation is i think it's a little bit more sensitive in the fact that here is a very bright young kid who has the potential to increase the level of play because if you think about it the united states has the likes of christian pulisic they have the likes of uh the you know uh God, I can't even remember. He scored a freaking amazing goal this weekend against Arsenal in the FA Cup. Um, they have they have the talent there. They have the talent there. And Jesse Gonzalez would have added to that. Um, I think they did not manage this correctly. I think um, I think this is only their own doing, like you said. And J- J- uh, Jonathan Gonzalez was smart enough to think, well, if you know, if I'm not going to get my opportunity here, I have the best opportunity to go here to the Mexican national team and get a call up and get a good opportunity to go to the World Cup. But if not, then I still am going to be a very vital key to the process going into the next World Cup. And I think you have to see it. Like you said, it's a very it's a nowadays it's a decision that are made solely based on what is going to what will the player profit from of and he is going to profit from playing in the Mexican national team because he is familiar with the league he is familiar with the culture and he is familiar with kind of what is going to be asked of him because he is surrounded by the media he knows exactly what goes on he sees it day in and day out especially when the national team is on the news so he has an aspect and he has a comprehensiveness that says well I know what I'm getting myself into. Let's go for it. And of course, his family is from Mexico. Uh, you know, it's 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 sad that maybe that people are using the birthplace, you know, card that, you know, what right gives you to go play for Mexico if you were born here in the United States, you know, you are an American and you should use that privilege. It's 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 one thing to be a citizen of a country and it's another thing to go play for a team country you know he may feel the bad the the stars and 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 the and the stripes underneath his skin but if it career-wise if the mexican national team is calling you and you like it and you want to go for it then do it and and i'm happy for the guy because he's taking a very firm decision he's going for it and i think he's a smart stable kid and I think he can definitely, like you said, he has a 20% chance to get into this roster. And I would see that the only thing that I'm worried about is because he's going to be giving Edson Alvarez competition in that center defensive mid role. But that's that's for another day to discuss. Um, but I like him. I like him. And uh, I think it's, you know, kudos for him. Good good job. Um, You know, uh, 
I'm not really much more to say, but I mean, you know, for those U.S. soccer fans that are, you know, uh, you know, talking all this stuff and, and, and being a little bit harsh to the guy, then, you know, just tone it down a little bit. You guys still have plenty of talent. Um, it's it's going to be up to you guys to develop it. And thank God we're not a, a U.S. focused uh, podcast because there is a lot that we can go into and, and dive about what's wrong uh soccer wise here in, in the United States, but um it's not to say Mexico's Mexico's perfect either, but at, at least in that sense, uh the Federation had known that they want this player. Um they were always lurking in, in the background and the opportunity came and uh you know now now we're we're a little bit better because of it. So um I think you're right. I think people should tone it down. Uh they don't really have much right to say he did the right decision or he didn't. And I just think at the end of the day, um, you know, one uh, one party will feel favored a, a little bit more than the other. But it's soccer. That's the way the game goes. It's uh, it's it's always a competition, whether it's, uh, you know, trying to sign a player or whether it's trying to beat the team on the pitch. And, and this one, you know, you got to give it to Mexico. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I even have the tweet here that I saw that Mr. Matthew Doyle on Twitter, you know, um, he got this, he got this, uh, from told soccer America. Um, it says I was not called in in November because all this told soccer America last month. Personally, nobody came and talked to me and let me know about that friendly. I just wasn't called in, you know, and you had the chance right there. They had the chance, but like I said, they didn't take it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, that's their own doing. Um, whatever reason they have, I mean, you know, that the U.S. soccer is, like you said, a, a mess right now, with presidential elections, uh, with them not missing on, with them missing out on the World Cup, what the financial repercussions going to be for that? Exactly, what's their, what, what are they doing? What are they doing moving forward? Their players aging, you know, the core base of that squad, um, everything really that 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 is going on. It's uh, it's it's a little bit of a mess. We can only hope that they fix it because, of course, you want your biggest rival to be competing and making you better. Um, and at this point, you know, they they weren't in the position to to firmly, you know, call him up, and that they knew the risk. I'm pretty sure they knew the risk. They took it. Um, and now you see what uh, what happens because of it. I want, you know, it kind of makes me think too. I wonder if Cesar uh, Montes had any role in this, you know, you know, since they're both in Monterrey, you know, Cesar um, playing with the Mexico squad in the Gold Cup, you know, I wonder if if he had any like um, influence on this guy, on Jonathan Gonzalez too as well. I'm pretty sure, you know, I mean, they're buddies and be like, hey, you know, like, hey, you know, it's like. Come over here. <laughs> yeah, was, I, I know, I know Cesar Montes too. Montes too um, tweeted out at a. Uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, about this too, and then you know the the Monterrey uh, Twitter page, you know, even I even asked him too, and he came out saying something like, "If if uh, if the Mexican national teams consider me, I'm I'm all for playing for the for for the colors of the flag," you know. Yeah, so th- th- this guy wants to play for Mexico, you know, and he he's going to be a great asset, you know, and you know with the especially with the center center defensive mid position kind of up in the air. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to be an asset. Hopefully, you know, I just wish America would splash the cash and get him, you know. That'd be nice. Yeah. 
but I, I, I really don't see Monterrey selling their player to to America. But um, yeah, he's gonna be a great asset. Obviously, you know he has, you know Cesar Montes and a couple of other people that are probably telling him, you know, Mexican national team, you know, probably is the way to go. Um, you have. Turco Mohamed, who I know probably, you know, he said he's not going to get involved and tell the kid what to do, but I'm pretty sure Jonathan Gonzalez, you know, went up to him and asked him for advice, and I'm pretty sure Turco told him, well, you know what, you know, the best option is for you at this point. It looks like it's Mexico. Um, I think, you know, he has the media influencing him he, wherever he it is that he lives, his family, his friends. I mean, so many reasons to choose Mexico. Um, eventually, they all uh, they all you know weighed in, and now we see a a a, a Jonathan Gonzalez that it could potentially be wearing uh, that green jersey. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's it was just a little rant, you know. It it wasn't really. It was mostly talking to the people that are just like dis dissing him, you know, giving him such harsh harsh feedback. You know, to just just quiet down, man. I mean, y'all have Jesse. You know, yeah. Just give us, just give us Jonathan. <laughs> y'all have Jesse. Give us Jonathan. <laughs> Talking all wild and spicy on Twitter, but I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I mean, you're always gonna have people like that. I, you get it. They're they're upset. Um, granted, there should be a different way to to show your that your emotions than to you know start backlashing on the poor guy. Um, but. I you know the kid's got his head on screwed right. I think this won't really affect the guy as much, um, and hopefully he can just keep enjoying playing his game. And um, you know we'll, uh, we'll have to wait to see what his performance is like in the uh, in the Mexican national team. Yeah, which uh, I'm hoping we're hoping to see come the Bosnia game. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, Bosnia game is coming up close. I think what three weeks from now, right? Uh, three weeks from tomorrow. I know it's on a Wednesday. Wow, uh, amazing. We have our first Liga MX match coming up soon. Uh, I believe you said you're going to that, aren't you? Which one? The Bosnia game? The, no, no, no. I'm not going to the Bosnia game. I'll be going to them playing Arlington. Ah, okay. That opponent has not, yeah, that opponent has not been announced yet. Okay, well... um. Still, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna have you guys covered up for that game as well uh, against the Bosnia game. Of course, three weeks now from uh, from tomorrow, so you know, uh, hold on to your hats. It should be an interesting one. Uh, obviously, when the when the permit the the list of the squad is announced, we'll definitely have our reaction to that. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today's show. I know it's a little longer than usual, and uh, you know. Uh, we're just happy to be able to talk to you guys. Hopefully, you guys are happy to be able to listen to us. Uh, make sure to check it out. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, they will be in the descriptions, uh, in the show notes, as well as in the comment section down below. Uh, remember, guys, we're here Tuesdays, unless said otherwise. Uh, again, another reason to follow the po- the the podcast Twitter handle. Um, so you know, uh, we're excited for the Liga Amakis. It's back. We got three points. Rock on, baby. Um, obviously. Two great signings. Hopefully, fingers crossed for a third. And uh, with that said, uh, let's go Saturday and let's get ourselves some three points in the Azteca. That's right. Three points at home, you know. And it's going to be a great season. I have a feeling. Alrighty. Well, 2018 is here. It's now. And uh, let's let's not waste our opportunities that we do get. Well, um, 
I'd like to thank you, Dylan. Thank you for taking the time coming out onto the show as always, bringing your energy and uh, just absolutely amazing to have you on the show. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me all the time. All righty. Well, every single one of you guys who have tuned in to listen to us, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for helping us grow this journey and growing the community. And we will be back next Tuesday for you guys to, uh, you know, maybe tune in and listen and uh, learn a little bit something new. So we'll see you guys on the next show. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. We will have a constant uh, feed going on. And like I said, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed for a good result this Saturday against Pachuca that, uh, you know, could mean six points on the table. So uh, thank you again, Dylan, for, ta- uh, for coming on. Uh, thank every single one of you guys. And uh, until next time, guys, take care.